Hello, I'm Dr. Beverly Wright, Executive Director of the Business Analytics Center at Georgia Tech. This is the Analytics Buzz, a podcast about trends, tools, techniques, and talent related to data science and analytics. Our podcast uses an interview format with industry and academic leaders and is intended for analytics-interested business professionals from the U.S. and beyond. Thank you again for listening to the Analytics Buzz. With us today, we have Sanjay Bhagat, and we're talking about using analytics to drive innovation. Welcome to the Analytics Buzz, Sanjay. Hello, Beverly. Happy to be here. Thank you. Let's start with um, a little bit of background. Tell us you know, how you got to where you are and why you're so cool. Okay. So, so my current role at Kona, uh, Kona is really the shared IT for all the bottlers in the North America. Uh, it's director of innovation. Um, but as our CIO said, there are only two jobs at Coca-Cola. One who sells uh, Coca-Cola and other who help them sell. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so we are all in the business of selling. Uh, whether we are doing business analytics or innovation or supply chain, our main goal is to help sell more, right? Mm-hmm. And have that growth in the company. Okay. And for those who haven't heard of Kona, that stands, it's an acronym for Coca-Cola. It's uh, Coke One North America. Uh, not many people know it that Coca-Cola is a franchising system. Mm-hmm. Uh, company itself produces the syrup, and it's really the bottlers who, who have rights to certain territories uh, package that product and, and, and take it to the store. Okay. So it's so kind of split responsibility where company is responsible for uh, consumer engagement and social media and, and marketing where bottlers are more focused on supply chain efficiency how do I deliver to the stores at the right time mm-hmm. uh, how frequently uh, I mean we serve around millions of customers in US and and our model is the DSD model where we deliver direct to the store by ourselves so so imagine going to millions of customers every week or, or every other week, most of our customers are on the weekly cycle. Uh, it's a massive effort. Yes, uh, I'm sure. And and you said shared IT uh, services. Can you describe what that means? Right. So so we have around 70 different bottlers in the U.S. and and before Kona, each bottler had their own IT. Mm-hmm. Uh, Small bottlers maybe managed it on the Excel spreadsheet. Big bottlers has big ERP systems like SAP. Uh, it seems highly inefficient. Highly inefficient. And if you look from Coca-Cola practice point of view, each one is delivering to the store. Got so it, it doesn't oh make gosh. any sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, common processes uh, across all the bottlers. So it doesn't make sense every bottler has to invest in IT. Mm-hmm. But also there is come economy of scale. So if we pull our, all our resources together, then maybe we could have common best practices, uh, learn from each other and implement that in one system. Okay. There's probably cost savings, there's efficiencies. There's a, there's a cost there's, saving, And the communications, I'm imagining that they wouldn't have the ability to communicate across the bottler is the way that you guys would as a shared service. Absolutely. So so what Kona has also done is promote collaboration among different bottlers, right? Uh-huh. So when we are building system, all bottlers in the same room, and they learn from each other. And even I think it's good for our customers as well, right? We have national retail customers like Walmart, Kroger, uh, and maybe 20, 30 different bottlers are serving to the same customer. Mm-hmm. It definitely helps that if we have same set of user interfaces uh, going to the customer and, and talking the same language. Right. So it helps in that area too. Yeah, totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Okay. 
Um, so it sounds like there's a very strong sales focus too. You mentioned that uh, you're either selling or you're helping support sales. Uh, so very interesting business. We're talking about um, how do we use analytics to, to drive innovation at Kona. So let's first start with, um, tell us about some of the innovation and the innovative efforts that you guys have um, put in place or that um, would like to put in place. Yeah, so let me back out a little bit, right? So, so our process, Really, this is, uh, Kona is a new company. Uh, we were all part of CCR before, and Kona became a new company last year. Coca-Cola Refreshments. Coca-Cola Refreshment. Got right. it. So now we have around, as business is moving uh, territories and refranchising, all bottlers are on our board. Right? Okay. So Kona is really owned by all the bottlers. So we put a process to really, first step was to have a pipeline of innovation, right? Uh, no, those ideas may come from our team. Those ideas may come from bottlers. Those ideas may come from our partner and supplier that these are the things we are seeing in the market and have some value out there. So as part of innovation team, we work with our bottler innovation council to say, what is your priority? Does it make sense with you? Mm. And, and that process we have is kind of quarterly uh, on-site meeting with all the bottlers, and we, we just had it last week. Uh, but monthly, we get on the phone, right? Mm -hmm. And we talk through where we are, what are the things, where the our focus from IT point of view, as well as we want to understand business focus. Uh, because at this time, I, I believe a lot of disruptions happening in the market itself. So if we look around in the stores, stores are changing around us. Uh, you will see there are restaurants being opened in the stores. Uh, there is definitely channel fluidity, right? Pe same stores are selling uh, online versus in stores, and, mm -hmm. and their in-store experience has been changing. Do you, uh, do you collect feedback directly from the retailers, or do you use the bottlers as kind of a proxy for the market? So this is kind of an area where Coca-Cola company and bottlers do get together. Mm -hmm. so, so we also have meetings with, with company, bottlers, and IT together. Mm -hmm. and, and those are the ones where we collect consumer feedback, how, how it is changing ah, gotcha. in the last few years. I mean, big example might be a few years back, uh, biggest shopper or bigger shopper used to be the mom, right, who used to buy all the products. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where we used to market those our products to. Uh, but last few years, it has been changing. It's uh, mm. uh, people have been buying at different, different people have different buying habits, and it's not always the mom. Mm -hmm. uh, our consumer has been changed, right? And, and they always don't go to the store itself, right? Some of them uh, are buying online. Like more and more we see Amazon is selling more of the beverage products uh, itself, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Especially with the two-hour delivery where, where you don't have to wait for a long time. Uh, we also see a lot of Uber Eats or Grubhub, right? So those are the trends which are in the market where consumer is not, not going to the store to buy product, but sometimes they are leaving it up to the third party to decide, right? They might just say, give me uh, a meal with a drink, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it's somebody else is making a decision. Right. Uh, so so those are kind of things which are changing around us, right? So so we do need to respond to those those kind of uh, events. Got it. Okay. So between the, the market itself, um, the retailers, the bottlers, and then 
Um, I'm guessing that some of the innovation is originated through Kona directly. So through all those different sources, you're able to figure out what's going on in the market to keep a pulse on it and to try to get ahead of it a little bit. Now, it sounds like, is that a fair summary so yes, far? Yes. Okay. It sounds like some of the types of innovation that are requested center around topics like, um, you kind of hinted that buying methods is one, um, delivery times, like the two-hour window, uh, the types of um, things that they ask for, like uh, Uber Eats, distribution, you know. So with um, with some of those, are there others that you want to mention before we go into how data can feed into that? Like what are some of the other cool innovation? Well, I mean, I, I would differentiate, right? As a company, we we have three major tasks, right? We want to sense the demand, which is coming from different sources, whether it is coming from e-commerce solution or, or from other sources, right? Whether from retailers or maybe, who knows in the future, maybe there is a dashboard on the fridge, right? Yeah, who orders sure. it, who knows? right? right. So, so one is, how do we get all those demands, right? Uh, second is, how do we shape that demand? Uh, so currently we are doing it with the merchandiser, right? So we merchandise our products in the store, and that, that will change in the future as our sources are being changed. Mm -hmm. And third piece is really manage our inventory and manage our backend processes. So that's where supply chain efficiency come into play. So I would say those are the three, three big areas. And, and supply chain is definitely bottler specific, right? So, so we have a lot more control over that. How do we manage our inventory? How do we manage our warehouse? But where consumer demand or, or sensing that demand, we work very closely with the Coca-Cola company also. They have a huge part to play in marketing and, and social media yeah. and getting those uh, input back to the bottlers. Got it. Yeah, I remember, If um, tell me if I'm wrong, I remember last year when your bottlers were in town and um, we had done a project that you guys let, you, you let some of my master's students work on a project and uh, they're a really sharp group, the bottlers. So that, I guess that's your, your client um, in many ways and um, help you can go to them to help you understand the demands, to shape the demands and sources, and then to manage the inventory on the supply chain side. Absolutely. Got it. Okay. So tell me how we can make the connection between um, data and types of analytics to help you understand how to, um, how, to read the, how to reach these objectives when it comes to innovation as far as um, understanding your demand, shaping it in the sources, and then the supply chain. How does data help you? Right. So, so data could come from from different sources, right? Mm -hmm. So, so we may be collecting data from the social media. We may be collecting data from Nielsen, where we we kind of get a sense of what each retailer is doing. What is the average shopper over there? Uh, what is the age group there? What kind of store it is? Uh, whether it's a uh, low income, high income, whether it's a Hispanic store or, or, or ethnicity based. So that, along with that data, which products are our popular. So that gives us some idea where we should be focusing on or what products we should be promo promoting to certain demographic of uh, user group mm -hmm. there. Uh, it may also come from directly from the scan data. Mm -hmm. so, so a lot of retailers capture that information, who is buying, when they are buying. So it might help us, uh, uh, is any particular day of the week more popular? Uh, more people are going to visiting stores more on Saturday, Sunday, and they are buying those products. So that's where we should be promoting our products. Ah, gotcha. 
Okay. So the types of data, um, you mentioned some, these are not all proprietary. You've got some that are public sources that are just some floating out there. Some are public sources, yeah. Some yeah. are public sources. Some, some other companies are capturing it, and you have to go to them and maybe sometimes buy it. Right. Uh, but that definitely is an important piece of sensing demand and where things are going. Uh, I also think consumer tastes are changing as well, right? So, so that kind of gives us an early indication where consumers are going and which products are more popular. Yeah, gotcha. So, for example, social media, uh, secondary sources uh, collected through companies you know, that are aggregators like Nielsen. Um, you might have product information, scan, scan data for purchases, what they're buying. And then consumer tastes. So that kind of data just all sort of feeds in. Right. I would also add, right, in the social media, mm -hmm. a lot of time we see the trend that a lot of people are kind of, they have a lot of followers and, and they kind of recommend products. So we oh. want to be ahead of them, right? Instead of marketing to retailers, maybe in the future we will have to market to that, to the that group of people and to influencers as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to an ad agency about that because um, we had a, um, master modeler competition last year uh, focused on influencers for social mm -hmm. and how much they uh, tend to push the market for certain products. This happened to be an alcoholic beverage, by the way. Okay. Um, but yeah, they, it can be a very powerful tool, it sounds like. So with those types of data, um, tell me what kinds of things um, this can help you understand when it comes to innovation. You hinted about um, maybe targeting. So who, and then I think you also mentioned understanding when uh, when to push certain types of products or, or things like that. Can you help us understand how this helps you? Yeah, so some of the things we are working on really looking at our product portfolio and Got saying it. where, which store we should be promoting certain products. And that may come from, from Nielsen data or point of sales data where we know this product, even though it's not penetrated in the market well, but wherever it is, uh, it's doing really great. So we try to segment our our products into four different ways. One is our core SKU, which are Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite, right? Those are high volume products. But we also want to know what are our winner, winner SKUs, right? Mm -hmm. Wherever we, we place those, uh, those products are doing really well. Then there is a uh, low growth area. Where these are the products which are not doing well in that market. Maybe we want to move, it, move them out of that market. So how do we put that portfolio mix uh, to have, um, I would say, maximum revenue or maximum profitability. Got it. It sounds like the W's, right? Because you've got um, product portfolio, so understanding kind of which products and then specific segments, meaning who, um, when they might buy certain types of products, uh, things of that, like the W's, right. you know, to answer those kinds of questions. Awesome. Well, on the surface, it sounds wonderful, but I'm sure that there are certain barriers. When you try to take data, um, you analyze things, and then you say, okay, we're going to use this to drive innovation. What kind of barriers have you been presented, and how the heck do you overcome them? I mean, I would say uh, definitely from innovation point of view, there has to be some tolerance for failure, right? Everything what we do is not going to succeed. Beautiful. Uh, but also... I think a lot of companies stop doing the cool data science work, but that doesn't get implemented. Mm. So I would say that's not even half the story, it's less than half of the story. Unless you turn into some something into action, then only you will see the benefits. Mm -hmm. So you have to go to that extra mile where you may be doing data science project, 
And let's say even if you figured out which are the right products to sell in one store, but who is going to change it? Our sales team, what tools they are using? Do you have clear direction from them to to go and replace those products. So that requires a lot of integration, whereas you're not doing innovation in isolation in some big data platform or some machine learning. It has to go back into integrating with your, with your day-to-day tools which you are using, and how do you uh, keep that information flowing? So I think that's, that's a bigger challenge. Mm-hmm. So the some of the barriers, I love that first one you said, um, there has to be some kind of tolerance for failure. Like it's not going to hit the mark every single time. So kind of um, being willing to accept when things don't go perfectly. And the, the second one is um, when you produce really great data science, but it doesn't get implemented, you never actually see the value. And so it may be, you know, you might be building the perception during scenarios like that, that it doesn't do any good. And it's only because you're telling half the story, you're not actually implementing and seeing value. Absolutely. And and a lot of those, I mean, people do see, some of those people do see who are, have access to the data science results. They see your oh, great work, good value. I have the insight, but that just one person knowing or very small group of number of people having access to that information. Yeah. If you're selling it all over U.S., it has to be better formalized that process, how it's going to translate into action. Well, and that, and I was about to say, those two barriers are some very, uh, those could be fatal. I mean, those are really tough barriers. So how do you overcome them? I mean, you, you recommended a couple of things already. Um, one um, is that you mentioned integration. And I think you mean integration and process, like uh, the data science part of it has to be something that is accepted as part of the process for innovation. Can you elaborate on that and, and clarify that, that I stated that correctly? Yeah, so so that's where I think, uh, as I mentioned uh, some time ago, that, that we have a Bottler Innovation Council so before we start the project, I think our bottlers are very focused on uh, not to work on things which doesn't result into actionable I, mm. uh, actions, right? Mm-hmm. So, so from the very start, they are forcing us to say, okay, if I have done this analysis, I have this machine learning cool algorithm, what will I do with that? Where should I go? So I think that has to be part of the plan right from the start. It has to How be d- action-oriented. You can't just be like, oh, guess what I learned? It needs to say, here's what you do with it. Here's what you do with it. And, it. and we also see uh, our bottlers have different philosophy, even though uh, it's same process, but their, their methodologies may be different. Some bottler might say, I have full control for my sales rep who goes to the account, he knows that customer very well, mm. let him make the decision. Some bottler might say, no, I mean, that decision has to be uh, taken at the headquarter and, and I just want to push, these are the five things you need to go and do in the store. So it has to, uh, it has to integrate well with their bottler process as well. Got it, and uh, you, you mentioned the word um, translation. Uh, so I'm assuming that you mean that the results from some kind of analytic ha- solution has to be able to, you got to be able to speak the language of the consumer. Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay. So that one's an important um, suggestion. Um, and then you didn't really say this, but I, I, I'm sort of teasing out uh, a third area aside from the process integration and the understanding translation. Um, and, and that I'm hearing a lot about personality. So is it how important is, I know it's important to some extent, but how important do you think it is to have 
internal champions, like certain bottles that just tend to get it, that are sort of quant accepting um, for the process, because your data can say all kinds of stuff. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> Some of it might not taste really good. <laughs> yeah. So, so I would say very important. So, if you look at from the three ingredients, right? Right now, you need the data. You you do need the data science piece of it, but you also need the domain expert, right? Uh, yeah. And and the domain expert who actually has the influence to change things in their organization. Mm -hmm. So. So I think uh, that that council which we talked about help us a lot because mm -hmm. once once they see the value, it's up to them to take it and, and implement that change in their respective bottler organization. Mm -hmm. So so that person really has to be influential and domain expert, right? Right, and it must be kind of difficult sometimes because um, I mean, and nothing against sales reps. I love my sales reps, um, but sometimes. There, there could be a perception that sales just kind of know. They just know. They have a golden gut, and they're very intuitive. And so it might take retraining to sort of pause and say, okay, well, let's see what the data says. Is that a fair statement? Do you see that? That is fair statement, right? Um, and also, I would say there is a lot of diversity in the sales rep mm. team as well, right? Some of them have seen it all, right? And they have pretty knowledgeable. Actually, we reach out to them. Uh, even before implementing anything that this is our results are showing. Does it make sense to you? Does it, it pass as a sniff test? So they're complementary. So not, they are complementary right. for sure. Not a head-to-head -head thing. Uh, right. And, and, and even your machine science or data science may not be perfect, right? So what we want to do is give them another perspective, right? So, so you have a lot of experience in selling. You know your customer best. But this is what statistic is telling you, oh, right? Fantastic. So fantastic. why don't you look at those two together and yes. then make a judgment rather than just your experience alone. Or this is just a comp the data alone. Just the data ah. alone. Um, just have those two things together and then make the decision. Well, and it sounds like, um, based, and again, I'm sort of teasing out, um, reading between the lines here, but um, that there is some responsibility on both parties. There's a responsibility from the, the data steward and the data scientist side, and then there's a responsibility from the business consumers of the analytics solution. Would you say that's, that's accurate? That, that is very true. Uh, and I would also say there is a responsibility on the bottler side as well, right, to, to implement it. One of the things we have done is before we take on any project, we need one champion or one organization or one, one bottler to say, I am willing to implement this, pilot ah, this. Gotcha. So unless they put in their time and effort, we don't work on this. You right? have to have a sponsor. You Someone that's going to say, you know, I, I, I accept whatever it is you're going to tell me from this because I know I got you. And I will take it to the field. I will, I will work with my organization to implement and mm -hmm. make sure this is happening. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. This is great advice. Thank you. Um, so uh, this is lots of ideas about you know how you can use analytics to drive innovation. Um, given that our audience is um, is very diverse, what final piece of advice would you give for a rising analytics professional to help them use analytics to drive innovation? Yeah. So so the way. Well, short answer is keep thinking, keep learning, right? So I think there are three pieces of being successful in this area, right? You need to be motivated. Mm -hmm. There has to be opportunity and there has to be ability. I think if you have motivation and ability, uh, opportunity will come, yes, right? So yes. you will get a chance to prove yourself. Uh, I also think that 
the time where you went to the college for four years and mm-hmm. then you did a job for 30 years based on information you gathered in those four years of college, that's kind of gone. You, It's a lifelong learner, right? Yes. That's the concept right now. Uh, I, I know a lot of people, and including myself, who is already always enrolled in one class somewhere, right? Whether it's Udacity or whether it's a Coursera. Mm-hmm. So I would say just keep on learning because things are changing very quickly and and it's becoming more competitive and more complex, right? Yes, so absolutely. so you need to you need to be kind of lifelong learner. Be on top of it. Be on top yeah, of it. That's great. Great advice. Thank you again, Sanjay Bhagat, for talking to us today about using analytics to drive innovation. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Analytics Buzz, a podcast about trends, tools, techniques, and talent related to data science and analytics. Please connect with the Business Analytics Center at Georgia Tech via our website. And join my network on LinkedIn, Dr. Beverly Wright, Executive Director of the Business Analytics Center. Thanks again and have a great data set.